Welcome to Music for Life Radio, where we educate you to purposefully self-medicate with music to build mental fitness and power your potential. I am Judith Pinkerton, a licensed music therapist and founder of Music for Life. I am delighted you have joined us as we explore together this month's national theme of professional wellness. During this show, we'll focus on professional tendencies to work and work and do more work. And is that called work addiction, or more importantly, is that person called a workaholic? We'll find out what the unhealthy pivotal points are, how to catch it, reverse it, claim it, and most importantly, what is music's capability of supporting the potential workaholic being balanced, identifying what music may work or what may not work. So as we tackle work addiction, that can debilitate mental fitness. I've invited an expert on our show today who has created a new paradigm for us to consider. So we have with us Amy Lynn Frost. We're going to dialogue first about what work addiction is and who might be a workaholic. So Amy is an accomplished author, facilitator, speaker, life manager, has worked with thousands of managers and employees dealing with a multitude of workplace issues. Prior to that, she served the federal government over 20 years as a contract negotiator and training facility facilitator of total quality management programs. Amy has many other qualifications, much too lengthy to include on this particular program. So what we um, want to look at is her laser focus now on work addiction. So, Amy, welcome to Music Thank for you. Life again on the show many times. Mm. Glad to be here, <laughs> my friend. Yeah. So as we look at what your current focus is on work addiction, you know, what is it? And how, how do you classify whether you are addicted to work or not? Well, I, I, the bottom line is you start looking around your life. I, I think we, we've got a culture that's work-addicted, and people don't realize that they are uh, addicted to work. And so uh, the first part is to get people to slow down a little bit. That's why using um, music can help you to do that. And usually how um, you and I certainly have brought people to the table, and I have in, for many years in many arenas, is by getting them to focus on stress management or uh, time management or different skills because they couldn't. I, I think there is such a um, pushback to the word work addiction, although when I, I bring it up, I hear people a lot of times going, oh, yeah, that it's either they've got the issue or somebody that they care about has the issue. And so it's starting to notice what is going on physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? What's going on in terms of my relationships? Am, am I not being as effective as I used to be? So I, 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 And I think it takes having a circle of trusted advisors around you that are willing to, to share with you what they're seeing. I know I, for me, uh, I, I worked for the federal government for 20 years, and out of, I was in my mid-30s, and I started having massive chest pains and went to the doctor, and uh, he, uh, yeah, I mean, EKG, the whole night yards. 
and he told me that this was stress-related and that I needed to change my lifestyle, and I had no idea what he was talking about. And at that time, nobody was really talking about work addiction, not that they are very much now, but, you know, even at least now we're starting to peek into that. They do have a recovery book for work addiction, which I'm very excited about. But I think we have to be careful that to not get caught up in the label of it so much, but start noticing what's going on or not going on in our lives. I know for me, once I realized, oh, my gosh, that something was really wrong with my health, then I started looking around at other parts of my life, relationships that were suffering, and then started to notice something was terribly long. And when I ended up leaving the government, they literally replaced me with three people to to carry on the work and the, that I was doing through that one position of mine. And it's really been a process for me. Of re, you know, it's so funny because I was a part of a group, and uh, we we were we would come together to support each other like a success team. And one of the women uh, does a lot of work in the addiction area. This was many years ago, and she gave me the workaholic recovery book as a gift. And I was like, what the heck? Does she Maybe she thinks I'm working with people that have that issue. And then I started working through the book and realized, uh-oh, she's, she realizes it's me. So that was my aha, <laughs> somebody that I trusted saw something that I didn't see. And then it became, a, for me, really looking at what's out of sync in my life and what do I need to do about it. So I think it's about supporting people with creating sacred opportunities for them to look at their life and go, where, what's out of whack and what do I need to do with it? And is addiction, and addiction is you can't stop yourself, you know, and it's destroying other parts of your life. Just one more email, just one more hour at work, just one more project, and helping people with awareness. Yeah, so I know that um, you've been so laser-focused on this recently that it's burgeoning into um, a book right, that you're working on getting some new information out, maybe a new paradigm for people to uh, refer to and to um, look at more closely? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and, and, and it's, it, I'm still debating how to put that out there in terms of the title because I, 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 I don't know at this point. I'm still still playing with that and doing some research on that. Will work addicts be drawn to that? I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and you and I have had a lot of conversation about um, what, for me, it's about people who are on the cusp who can't see it. A lot of times how we get them is talk about how they can be more productive, how they can handle more stress, and they're drawn to that. And we kind of have to sneak them in the back door and then get them mm-hmm. talking about it. I think maybe that's the first phase. And then maybe later on really openly start talking about work addiction. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Um, so, give me um, some examples of signs of what people can be considering. You know, if they're thinking, "Hmm, but I really love my work," and you know, when when does it start becoming a problem? When your family is mad at you all the time because you're not being part of the family, that your mm-hmm. your friendships are non-existent. Well, one, uh, one thing I ask people a lot is when was the last time you had a play date with a friend? And they can't even remember the mm-hmm. last time they went to a 
busy and start looking at, like, is there other things in your life other than work? Mm-hmm. And if my whole life surrounds my work, then it's about finding balance. You know, Stephen Covey talked about the seven habits of a healthy life. And uh, what he talked about is having a, a, a self-care plan physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And actually getting that on the calendar and having that is, is really making that your focus. When you are so caught up in work addiction, you're you're not looking at those kinds of things. And so you're, you start looking at where is my health suffering? Is my relationship suffering? You know, I know for, for myself, um, I know you know this, a lot of people who know this know me. My husband uh, died in Desert Storm in 91. And I have a lot of regret because I made my work and my education a priority over my relationship. And I have a lot of regret with that. And I've, I've done a lot of work with it, and I've healed that. But I still, it really is a driving force in my life to be present for my marriage now and really making that a priority. And I think we've got a culture that really needs to look at are our marriages, are our significant other relationships, are our friendships a priority? Absolutely. So... For our listeners, make sure that you're scheduling a play date with somebody. You know, you don't necessarily have to have just one friend that you do a, a play date with. Considering your family members, you're considering um, people that you may even work with that you want to have a play date outside of work. Um, that you can uh, do something silly, or do something that's educational, or do something that's entertaining, or do do something different. You know, it can be just a a, a walk in nature. Um, I, I know for ourselves, for my husband and I have decided we're taking a, a 50-mile canoe ride uh, down the upper Missouri River, and it follows the Lake Clark um, Trail for the 150-mile um, river or section of that river up in uh, upper Montana, northern Montana. And they take 50 miles of that, and that's the part that we're going to be going in is the middle part of that. And we're putting all of our electronics in the car um, and making sure that we're just, you know, uh, in nature without any outside influence at all for four days, three nights, four days. And I'm so looking forward to that. I, I crave that. Um, so it's, it's just looking at what can you do on not, I mean, I can't remember the last time I went canoeing, I think was, um, 20 years ago. So it's not uh, something I do regularly, it's not something that's readily accessible here in the desert. Um, uh, you really have to plan to do something like that. Um, but you know, it's looking at what do you really enjoy? What gives your, what makes your heart sing and plan that on a regular basis. Um, for me, it's going out into nature, being able to just let go and de-stress out in nature. Amy, what do you do to de-stress? Well, I, I think you made you're, you made a really valid point about the whole technology thing. And I, uh, for me, it's it's having technology-free times. And I try to have one day a week where I totally have no technology that I'm connected to at all. Mm-hmm. And in this culture, that's really challenging. I really admire you for your willingness to to go that you know that several day period of time. 
phone, yeah. And, you know, when I forget my cell phone, <laughs> sometimes I go, you know what? I'm going to be without a cell phone today, and that is absolutely fine. <laughs> if anybody so really needs to go, they know how to do it. <laughs> well, and I think that's that's really part of the whole work addiction, too. I think that's what's feeding it is the, the, the constant pinging of our emails and texts and phone calls and we're, we're, we are too accessible too much of the time. And I remember the olden days, Judith, when the fax machines came in and what ended up happening, remember, yeah, that, that uh, oh, my God, so you could speed, really speed something to somebody. And so what ended up happening is we would just we'd, we'd change, change our deadlines so it didn't make it really make it any more effective. We just would uh, settle everything down to the last second with the facts in mind. And then what I'm finding, and I think you probably know they have this experience too, that people expect you, you, know, you should have time to look at something and to make effective decisions. They figure as soon as they've sent you something that you should respond. Uh-huh. And I think that feeds the work addiction too is like we need – to slow the volley down and take our time in doing work and making decisions where I think we're, we're, we're get so caught up in that I have to answer it right away because somebody called me or somebody texted me that I have to immediately respond. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I, I remember <laughs> when we've done um, a few times with Louise that, you know, it's like, we need to take a listen to a cup of tea and just take a break. And, you know, it, we don't need to rush into something, especially if you're not feeling sure of what that decision to be just because you, they're saying you have to make a decision right now. So it's really being able to hold back and say, no, you know what, I just need to, I need to take some time on this to make sure that the right decision is made. Well, and to, and to allow for creativity in your decisions. Mm-hmm. I think if you, you make them too fast, you go you go with more of a pat answer if you're not careful, where if you give yourself a little bit of time to let it ruminate and really come up with an answer. You're talking about having, you know, uh, play dates with people you work with. Well, in, um, in the artist way, uh, they talk about having, you know, um, artist dates. And I think that's a really great thing for people in workplaces to do is to, to go, I remember one time, I worked at the the, uh, the Ballistic Missile Office, and there was a movie, uh, October Red or something. I don't remember what it was, but it was kind of quasi a military sort of movie. So our uh, commander said, "All right, we're all going to the movies." He's like, "Cool breeze." So, <laughs> and and it was just really fun to get out of the office and just have get to know each other in a different way, and then go have coffee after and talk about you know what was the movie about for you and what did you get out of it. And it was was totally nothing to do really with work, but it gave us an opportunity to get to know each other in a different way and to get those creative juices going again. Yeah. So for for those that um, want to make sure that they're on task, get a project done in as little time as possible so that you can have more time to play, I recommend a piece of music um, that's actually created by Rick Dusek. I use it personally. Uh, mm-hmm. it, is, it really supports me in keeping focused on tasks. So the important thing about the music is that it's instrumental, that there are no words that are going to um, get me distracted with what I need to do on the computer. 
Um, and the second thing is that it's got this really great beat to it. In fact, it was commissioned originally for a, lot, a local Las Vegas club, for a yeah. dance club. And so it's got a great beat to it, and it uses the didgeridoo. And the didgeridoo for me um, can be uh, matching my anxiety and calming it at the same time. And so the didgeridoo in it, it really helps me to manage um, the anxiety of, am I going to get this done in time, or, you know, all of that, and, and keeping away the distractions, especially if it's something you've been putting off and you know you've got to get it done and you only have so much time to put it in because you want to spend that time with your family, then using music can help you keep on task. So look up Rick Dusek's CD, the um, Neon Outback. We have it listed uh, with a link on our Music for Life blog. There's a link on this website. Um, you can go and find the music and check out some of the songs on it before you decide to purchase any one of the songs or even the whole album. I do the whole album. I just push play on all of the pieces. They're all really, really good. And then I know, Amy, for you, that you use also Music for Life standardized CDs when you feel like you need to, um, from an unsettled state into an immediate happier state that has that stop time in the middle of diffusing that unsettledness. Can you talk a little bit about what works for you? Well, I, I think it's it, it's using um, well both both the uh, uh, me concert CD and then the stress break CD uh, uh-huh. are really helpful in in not getting caught in that trance. What I recommend is that that people actually put it on their calendar. I think the stress break would be more when you're you feel you're like say you're in the middle of something and you're going oh crap I'm not going to make this or you find yourself. Um, having maybe breathing, you know, too intensely, and then you're, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to do this, and you start getting yourself freaked out. So I would use that more as a um, when you you feel yourself about to go into crisis or you know the end of the month projects are due, and so maybe using that to get yourself centered. So addressing the issue, moving through it, and then getting yourself to a a point where you can calm down and and really be present with, with that stress that's, yeah, part of that month or part of going into that that meeting, you know, that's going to be stressful. And I think the 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 the, the me CD uh, uh, the concert. I think that would be a good one to use on on a regular basis, to where you say maybe once or twice a week. That maybe to start your week, end your week. I don't know, or you know, your uh, hope day. Maybe use it on uh, Wednesday to to to, to as prevention. And like I said, we had started out with it's about being aware and and knowing where you're at so you don't, because once you get in that trance, it's really hard to get out. I mean, you are you can find yourself not eating, not, uh, you're missing missing things because you're so in this, this, this trance. So I think doing, doing the concert on a, on a prescribed amount of time, a week or at least definitely a couple of times a month, can really help you stay out of that trance. And uh, I guess you, you can better explain how would you use that to, to keep ourselves in an aware state so we are working in balance. Yeah, it, so the, the MEE concert CD, MEE stands for Music Exercising Emotions. And MEE me stands for actually the listener, not me personally, that created the CD. Um, it's really about your journey through your own emotional state. And it can be a different experience every time that you listen to 
that particular CD or the Stress Break CD. Um, so it, it takes you on this journey to allow your emotions to get completely exercised out um, so that they have this opportunity to, to realign, to rebalance, um, to minimize any unsettledness. And when you do that on a regular basis, you might develop what's called emotional fluidity, which is the ability to fluidly move through your emotions without getting stuck in any problem moves. And when you do this, like you're suggesting, Amy, on a scheduled basis, um, you actually are creating that um, the possibility and the reality of being able to fluidly move through your emotions without getting stuck in problem moves. That when you experience, imagine being able to experience anger, anxiety, depression, or sadness, if it's acute, where it just blows right through you. You know, you express it out in a healthy way and it's gone so that you feel more peace and more happiness. And that's what these Music for Life standardized CDs do for you. There's links to them on the Music for Life blog uh, so that you can check them out and listen to them and see if it's something that you're truly interested in, in trying out. Uh, it's a music medicine pill. And the dosage that we're talking about is, you know, the full CD and uh, looking at frequency of whatever would fit into your life. Some people choose to do it every day for a couple weeks and find that they have such a phenomenal change that they're feeling good about that. It's kind of like taking medication. You know, you, you take medication for 10 days and you're like, okay, I'm good to go. I don't need this anymore. Or you may need it as needed. And that's what the music medicine CDs are for as well, is using it when you might get into that crisis point where ah, I need to listen to it right now. So there's a variety of ways to use these CDs. And what, what, another project that's dear to my heart that I'm 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 working on is is grief at work. But you know, when I say that, people go, "Oh, somebody that you're working with uh, died, or one of their family members died." For me, it's it's really the grief of, especially let's look at our culture in the last five years, ten years the layoffs that have occurred. I know many, many people who have been laid off once, twice, three times. And you may get another job, but there's still that wounding that you haven't healed. And when projects don't go the way that you want them to or work relationships shift and change in ways that you're not really prepared for, I I, I think that, that that is something that is causing a lot of problems in our workplace and, and, and isn't recognized. And I, I believe that the, the Me CD can help bring that up and help you to deal with it and, and help as part of that awareness. Yeah, thank you. So for our listeners, um, when we look at, you know, the music that we've recommended and you're like, well, I tried it and it didn't really work for me, then what I do recommend is that and really trying to hone in on, on what music will work for you, go to the TEDx talk called Music Powers Potential Building Mental Fitness. You can just Google it, and it will come up for you. And it's, I'm the speaker, and we go into what your music listening habits are and what music says about your health. And you can discover how to build your mental fitness, applying music as medicine to more easily manage your life's ups and downs through a music medicine boot camp that's only a two-hour audio download with a large workbook that goes with it um, so that you can start managing your own healing playlist, know what the formulations are, 
to create this music medicine pill for yourself uh, so that you have the type of music, the dosage, and the frequency um, all designated right there that will work for you. And so I recommend that if this doesn't work for you, get the education from the Music Medicine Boot Camp, from the um, YouTube TEDx Talk, and find out more about that. Amy, I know that you've recommended that people look at this, and I know you've taken the Music Medicine Boot Camp as well. What would you recommend to our listeners um, that they might learn from this and being able to manage their work addiction better if they have it? Well, yeah, you're saying using the, the CDs that they can easily use, that's one way to do that, like we had talked about before. And then once you, you, you take the boot camp and you understand the, how to use music as medicine, be looking at how, what do I want to accomplish. And one of the ways I love to use music medicine is to clear myself out so I can be visioning. So, you know, finding music to address, especially when you start thinking about the things that you want, whatever you don't want kind of comes up. So you know, allowing that what you don't want to come up and using medicine, music medicine uh, to to address that, music that would, would meet with that angst, and then finding music that transitions that and then visioning music to help you to, to see what you want and then pairing it with good good techniques of what, what do I want now and what is one action I can take and, and to do that. So using music to help you to, and allowing yourself, I think we have such a problem in this culture, allowing ourselves to let that angst come up. But if you know that you can use music to address that and match it and validate it and then move through it and then get to the vision instead of just jumping to the vision. So part of that is going, okay, that I have this issue, that that work overtakes my life and it's hurting my relationships. I want it to be different. So allow yourself to have those feelings as they address because it's, it's creating a new habit. So when that comes up, you play music that addresses that feeling of angst and then moving over to moving with the music as medicine to that positive, envisioning yourself as, as working healthily, as having support you need, and marrying it with great mental attitude techniques. And the, the two just work so beautifully together to help you create positive, healthy work life. Yeah, thank you. So as we look at um, what you would like to impress upon this world before you leave it, what would you have to share with us, Amy? That you can live your purpose and you can take care of yourself at the same time. And not to get so caught up in, oh, my gosh, what's my purpose? Uh, The bottom line is you're living your purpose every day. So how do I do it consciously? How do I be more loving for my, to myself and be more loving to others? And, and, and have the courage to do the, your own personal work and do visioning and do action. And the, I have to say one of my favorite things is the answer to how is yes. Say yes more often. <laughs> Wise words. Thank you so much for being on the radio show with us today, Amy. You have been listening to <laughs> You have been listening to Music for Life with Judith Pinkerton, where we support you building mental fitness to power your potential. To connect with us before the next show, go to our website at www.musicforlife.us for more information. It is my sincere mission to have inspired you with life skills featuring music medicine for health and today's special guest, Amy Frost. So we meet again, notice, medicate with music. 
to build mental fitness and power your potential. Bye, Amy. Bye. <laughs> mm-hmm.